Hey, my name is Isaac, and uh, I've had the privilege of being with you the last couple weeks. One of our pastors here, and and uh, today we're going to be kind of landing the plane on these three weeks that we've been together um, out of Ephesians chapter four. But if you have a Bible, go to Matthew chapter eighteen. Matthew chapter eighteen. Um, and, uh, as you're, as you're turning there, my parents were in town last week and uh, I just want to help us Arizona people. Um, my parents were in town last week and they said, how come every Arizona person, uh, has to bring up the heat to me in like the first five seconds? <laughs> he said, don't they like, are they still surprised that it's 115? He said every conversation people were like, oh man, it's a hot one today. And he's like, we kind of expected that, but it seems like you who live here don't. But anyways, it's a little cooler this morning. So there we go, already throwing heat in the conversation. Matthew 18, let's just get to the Bible. That's what we're here for anyways. Matthew 18, as you turn there, we've been in this uh, three-week kind of series talking about uh, really founded on Ephesians chapter 4, where the Apostle Paul is writing to a group of people that he knows, a church that he helped to plant a church where he helped to install leaders. He served there for years. And years later from prison, he's writing back to them, encouraging those who have journeyed with God for a long time, as well as new believers, to continue to mature in your faith, to continue to grow. Don't get complacent. Um, and he draws a picture between John 11, where Jesus heals Lazarus. Lazarus comes out of the tomb, amazing miracle, uh, from death to life, comes out of the tomb alive, but still bound by the things that he was when he was dead, still covered in grave clothes. And Jesus says, it's not enough that you live. I desire that you walk in the fullness of the freedom that I, that I died that you might experience. I don't desire anything that is dead to bind you or wrap you up any longer. And this is what Paul is referencing in Ephesians 4 when he says, I want to encourage you to continue to be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. See the progression there? Kind, compassionate, now forgiving. It's one thing to be kind. It's a whole other thing to be compassionate. But it is an amazing, wonderful thing to walk in forgiveness in this world. So forgiveness is what we're going to talk about today. Matthew chapter 18, the Bible says this. Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. Up to seven times. And Jesus said, I did not say that to you. Up to seven times. But up to 70 times seven. It's a lot. If you're math, you can do the math, but it just seems like a lot, okay? <laughs> Proverbs 14, one more verse, and then we're going to pray. Proverbs 14, verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Jesus in the Gospels will then say, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. As if to show us that there are ways we can live this life but there is only one way that leads to life and freedom and hope and healing and ultimately to Jesus, and that is His way. Today, we're gonna to talk about forgiveness and the title of the message is this, Walk This Way, The Way of Forgiveness, The Way of Forgiveness. And before we pray, um, I want to be sensitive to the fact that as we talk about forgiveness, it can bring up some very intimate, sensitive, pieces of our life. 
Often when we talk about forgiveness, when we talk about forgiving people in our life, it can trigger memories or can remind us of some things that have happened to us. And I want to go on record from the very beginning and say, I am so, so sorry that any of that happened. That is not God's will for your life. And yet healing is still possible. Freedom is still possible. Hope is still available for you today, and it always will be. Jesus is that good. He is that caring. He is that kind, compassionate, and forgiving of us. And he is for you. As we talk about forgiveness today, it does not mean that anything that has happened in your life is okay. It doesn't mean that it is justified. It doesn't mean that you ought to forget what happened. It does not mean that you need to just like buckle up your boots and, you know, rub some dirt on it and figure it out and move forward. Absolutely not. That's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about is walking this way, his way, the way of forgiveness. The Bible talks about forgiveness. And so I just want us to understand as we go into it. Um, that as, as we dig into the Bible and talk about this forgiveness, I, I need us to understand that Jesus sees your hurt. He sees your pain. He knows it. He knows it even more intimately than you know it. He weeps over what you weep over. He rejoices over what you rejoice over. And he is for you today. But he is so for you. He desires that you would walk this way, the way of forgiveness, because it is the way that leads to hope and freedom and healing. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your gentle touch on our shoulder today. God, I pray that we would continue to sense your tangible presence in this room as we discuss something that is often difficult to discuss. God, I pray that we would lean in, that our hearts would be opened, our ears would be opened, our eyes would be opened to see what you want us to see. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to each and every heart in this room so gently, but so specifically and purely. God, we want to follow you. And our prayer today is that as we leave, God, we'd be a little bit more like you. We'd follow you a little bit more closely than we ever have before. Father, speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Forgiveness. Walk this way, the way of forgiveness. Um, I love Peter. Okay, if you, if you, I know Preston has got a lot more like spiritual people in the Bible that are his heroes, but Peter is like awesome. I'm just telling you, like P Peter's an awesome dude. Peter's that guy. I personally believe Peter is one of the most relatable people in all of the Bible. Okay, Jesus just got done in Matthew 18 telling Peter, hey, if somebody comes to you and says, and somebody comes to you and they repent, um, or somebody, somebody has an offense, you, you, somebody offends you, I want you to go to them and I want you to bring it up. And if they don't listen to you, uh, bring somebody else. And if they don't listen to you guys, then bring it to the church. And, and he, he outlines this, like, what are we to do to forgive? And Peter interrupts Jesus, interrupts Jesus and says, hey, but um, Lord, I got to ask a question. How many times ought I forgive the same person in one day? Because I'm getting really sick and tired of this person, obviously. Obviously, Peter's got, and we all got that person, you know, that just like, they just hang around or they're they, maybe by choice or maybe you don't even want them to be around, but they're around and they just seem to bug you like to the high heavens, okay? And, and, and Peter comes and Peter asks like, Lord, how? This person is driving me insane. He's obviously got somebody in his mind, right? Uh, and Peter goes, how often? Seven times? Is that enough? 
And, and Peter asks this question that I think is more relatable to you and I than we would like to admit. Interestingly, what Peter doesn't ask is, God, how often should somebody forgive me for making mistakes and screwing up? How often, God, should this person forgive me for speaking without thinking? God, how often should my spouse forgive me? Peter, Peter seems to think that in the forgiveness situation, he's doing pretty good. He seems to think that like, ah, oh, man, Really, it's other people that make mistakes, and I need to learn how to forgive them, but they don't. Peter seems to think he is awesome. He's got it done. He's only going to make a couple mistakes. He's not going to make a ton, and so it really isn't important that I ask that question. I want to know, how much do I need to forgive that guy? How much do I got to forgive her? Because she is too much. And what you got to understand is custom to this time is three times. That generally speaking, the priest would, would encourage, and the law would say, hey, that you are to forgive somebody three times in one day. The same person, mind you, the same person. We won't even forgive a person one time in one day, but let alone three times, like that's a lot. At some point, you gotta be like, you're trying to do this now, you know? But Peter says, Lord, Peter feels good about himself, feels like he's up in the ante. I'm gonna double it and then some. Watch this. Jesus, should I forgive him seven times? And Jesus says one of the most powerful statements that I believe if you and I will get a revelation of today, it will drastically change your life and the lives of everybody in your life. And it's this, I did not say that to you. I didn't say that. I wonder how many things in our life um, we have just done thinking God said it and he never asked us to do it. He actually never said it. I wonder how many things in scripture I have read the first verse and then assumed I knew the rest of it and then moved on with my life. And Jesus saying, I didn't say that. I think if we were to get a revelation of what Jesus actually said, it would impact our life in a way that we have only hoped and dreamed our own motives and morality ever would. Jesus said, I didn't say that to you, Peter. Where did you get that? And we need to understand today, as we talk about forgiveness, it's important that we look to the words of Jesus, not the words of our coworker across from us. It's important that as we look to forgiveness, as we look to how to navigate this way of life, that it is his words that guide us, it's his words that lead us. And I'm just telling you, if the things that you and I have heard, if the things that you and I have adopted, if the things that you and I have built our life on, aren't able to be challenged by this, saying, Jesus, I did not say that, then maybe we need to go back to the drawing board of, of what we're building, building our life on. Jesus says, I didn't tell you seven times. I know you think you're awesome for that, but like, I'm asking for 70 times seven. Now, mind you, again, same person, same day. Now, that's just ridiculous, okay? That's just, I think even Jesus is like, I think sometimes we read the Bible and don't realize that Jesus probably giggled after he said that. Like <laughs> 70 times seven, do it that many times. Because what Jesus is not saying, here's what Jesus is saying in Matthew 18 to Peter, the person that thought he was awesome at this forgiveness thing, the person that thought that he would never have to actually need forgiveness from somebody else, but would generally have to give it to other people. What Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to forgive so much, it becomes a habit that you stop counting and you just follow me in everything that I ask you to do. I, I want you to be so much of a forgiver in your life 
that you don't even count the sins of one against you any longer because you are in such a habit to follow me on the way of forgiveness. You just extend it just as freely, mind you, as you have received it. That is what I desire for you. That is this life that I desire for you. But you want to know something? One of the most powerful things that has power to hold us back in our life, as Jesus is showing us, is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness has power to hold you back from stepping into the fullness of freedom and healing and the life that God has for you and I to live. In fact, I love what Dr. Tony Evans says about forgiveness. He says, forgiveness is a beautiful word when you need it but it is an ugly word when you have to give it. Tim Keller actually recently wrote a book on forgiveness. And I think this statement that he says in this book echoes the sentiment of many of us as it relates to forgiveness. He says, forgiveness for me and punishment for thee. Generally speaking, we're, we're okay with forgiveness as long as it relates to us receiving it, the need for it. But as soon as we flip it and talk about forgiving others, it becomes, becomes very difficult, very ugly even. And the challenge for us as followers of Jesus is can we give of what we have received so freely in the same way? Can you give forgiveness in your life the same way that God has given it to you and I in the person of Jesus? I want you to know that forgiveness is a decision to no longer credit the account of the offender. Forgiveness doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean it's just. It doesn't mean that like, oh, I shouldn't have felt that way. Absolutely not. Forgiveness says I will not be bound by the effects or the circumstances of yesterday any longer. Forgiveness is about releasing. Forgiveness doesn't mean you're letting them off the hook. Forgiveness recognizes that you understand God's a better punisher than you are. And so if I truly want to get this person, I got to get it in God's hands as fast as possible. Forgiveness is about releasing. And hear me today, forgiveness is a choice to obey. Now, it does not mean it will be easy. It does not mean that it will be done and you will just like be healed from it today, tomorrow. Forgiveness is both a choice and a process. We're going to see that here in a moment. But forgiveness is first and foremost a choice. It's a choice to align with the heart of our heavenly forgiving Father, who for so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him all might be saved. But I think today some of us Oftentimes, and I'll just speak for me, oftentimes I am ignorant to some of the devices of the enemy. And we got to understand today that though the enemy is in fact defeated, he has some devices that he intends and tries to use to, to make you walk in defeat, though victory is on your side. Two of which are unforgiveness and bitterness. And here's what you have to say. Um, unforgiveness will lead to bitterness. And I want to show you something. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible says this. For to this end, Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church about a specific issue that's going on there, trying to outline to them, hey, how we need to handle this. Okay, watch how Apostle Paul leads them. For to this end, I also wrote that I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient 
in all things. Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if I indeed have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. And watch this. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant to his devices. He says it is important that we forgive because we're not ignorant to his devices. We understand that unforgiveness is something he desires that you and I hold on to. Because if he can get us to hold on to unforgiveness in our life, it will lead to bitterness and it will defile. You and I have a choice of how we want to live this life. You could, uh, saying yes to Jesus, you understand, you could say yes to Jesus and walk in defeat and hopelessness and joylessness and just frustrated your whole life. You absolutely can. That is not the life that God has for you. He has more for you. You want to walk in healing and in freedom with hope? We got to walk his way. But we have a choice. Galatians chapter 6 says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh. How many of you, how many of you understand? How many of we could just admit in church today that sometimes being angry and petty with people really is pleasing? Like, it's fun. It can be fun. Like, it can be really fun to hold a grudge for a little bit. But it, it doesn't get better. It doesn't, it, it's like that thing where it's like it, you give it an inch, it takes a mile. It, it doesn't slow down. Pleasing your flesh never slows down. It just compounds. It just gets worse. Going on, whoever sows to please their flesh, unforgiveness, bitterness, pleases my flesh. From the flesh, they will reap what? Destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So pursue peace with all people, Hebrews 12 tells us, and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, causing trouble, and by this many become defiled. Unforgiveness will lead to bitterness. It will. Unforgiveness will not get better. It will not go away. It will not just magically, you will not just magically get over it. It will not get easier. Bitterness never just goes away. B bitterness is like, um, when you and I harbor unforgiveness and bitterness in our life, it's very much like those pranks you'd pull in college and just hoping that like at some point we would just stop before somebody crosses a line and actually hurts somebody. Or is that just me? Okay, cool, great. Um, I loved pranks, okay? Um, I have a book, I have a note in my phone on a lot of really great pranks to pull. Now, most of them were directed at my sister, okay? Um, but then at college. But, but unforgiveness is bit, and bitterness is kind of like that thing that like, oh, it seems great for a second, and I'm gonna hold a grudge, and they did that, and I'm I feel justified in my feelings towards them. And, and hear me, you might actually, you might be right. They probably were wrong. But God says, I still desire for you to forgive and walk in forgiveness towards them. And it's like that prank where it's like you do a practical joke and then somebody else does a practical joke and before you know it, you bleach your roommate's hair while he's sleeping. And he didn't like it. It wasn't, it was orange, it was pretty gross. Okay, it never ends, it just compounds, it just grows and gets worse and worse and worse. But the reality is forgiveness is hard. It's difficult. 
The way of forgiveness is the antithesis of the way of the flesh. It may be one of the hardest things that you and I will ever do, but you need to know today that forgiveness offends everything the enemy stands for and fights against. It offends everything he is about. And I I wholeheartedly believe that we would experience more victory in our life as it relates to spiritual warfare. There is a battle going on. If we begin to move more quickly and freely to forgive in our life, the faster you and I choose to forgive, release to the Lord, and walk in healing and freedom, I fully believe the more freedom and victory we will experience in our life. And I think this is why Jesus shows us in Matthew chapter 6. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but when Jesus teaches us how to pray, He shows us how imperative this truly is. Matthew chapter six, verse nine says this, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and watch this and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And that's where most of us stop. But I want you to see today that there is only one line in this prayer that Jesus asks us to daily pray. That this is how we are to pray. This is how we are to live our life. Daily connection and communication with God. There is one line that Jesus goes back to and references and doubles down on it. And I don't know if you've read this before, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The reality is, is that disappointment is a guarantee. You will be hurt in this life, and I'm sorry. We will be hurt. We'll be hurt by people unintentionally. And we'll be hurt by people that come to us and say, you know what? Um, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. You'll be hurt by people that recognize the pain they've caused, and they will run to you. Praise God. And they will, they will repent and they will ask for your forgiveness. But we will also be hurt by those who knew exactly what they were doing and won't ever come back, won't ever ask for forgiveness, won't ever repent, won't ever change their ways. And what do we do then? The Bible says don't extend evil for evil, but bless. Release it to the Lord and walk in healing and in freedom. Romans 12 verse 18 says this, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Can't escape being hurt. I think this is why Jesus shows us that daily we're to come to him and ask for the strength to forgive those that we don't want to forgive, to ask that the Holy Spirit would actually give us the grace to extend that which we have so freely been given in the forgiveness of Jesus to those that seemingly don't deserve it. Because hear me, forgiveness is never deserved. It never is. I don't even deserve the forgiveness of God. Are you kidding me? 
Nobody deserves the forgiveness of God. And yet, it has been given so graciously and freely to all who would simply receive it. And the difficult thing for many of us to wrestle with is the fact that God has forgiveness available to those that you and I won't forgive. Forgiveness is still available and ready for them too. And it's as easy as receiving it. Isaiah 55 verse 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake what? His way. Trying to get you to understand today that there is a way that you can live this life. You want to live a life of unforgiveness? You definitely can. But it will not take you anywhere you desire to go, nor does he desire you to go there. It will not lead to healing. It will not lead to freedom. I'm telling you, holding on to unforgiveness and trying to act like it never happened, holding on to unforgiveness and hoping that you just forget will not take you where you want to go. It will only take you further into destruction and despair and hopelessness. And it is not an easy road to choose to walk down this way of forgiveness. But it is a road nonetheless that God asks us to walk down because that is the road that he is on. And he says, if you stay close to me, by my spirit, I will give you the strength you need. By my spirit, I will give you the grace that you need to forgive. And I wanna lead you in the path of healing and freedom. It's not forgetting, it's not fair, it's not about going back to how things were. Because hear me, a person can say sorry and not mean it. I'm sorry is simply a confession. True repentance produces fruit in one's life. But either way, God says, let me be the judge of that. Please extend my forgiveness. God tells us clearly, as followers of Christ, we must forgive. It's not about, hear me, it's not about what's deserved. It's about what's desired. And more specifically, it's about what he desires for you and I. We truly do desire hope. Everyone in this room desires to live, in li to live a life of joy. We desire to live a life of freedom. We desire to live a life that's not bound by what that person said or did. But it's hard. And God doesn't say, hey, figure it out, get over it, make the choice and be done with it. No, no, no. He says, choose to walk this journey with me. And by my grace, by my spirit, I will give you the strength you need. I will walk with you. Forgiveness is truly the message of the gospel. It doesn't change the past. It changes your soul, and it changes how you and I step into an experience today. But often the reality is, is that our feelings lag behind our internal decisions. And I just want you to know today um, that you're never going to feel like forgiving. Can I just release some of us in this room from, from that, that lie? Like we're never going to feel like it. And I believe God knows that. God says, will you do it for me though? Will you do it because I've asked you to do it? Will you do it because it actually speeds up the healing process for you? Will you do it because it actually leads you on the path of freedom for you? Will you do it for me? Because I ask and will you do it for you? Forgiveness is not about self-seeking, healing, or interest, but rather alignment with God's heart. It's who He is. And I'm thankful today that each and every one of us sit 
under this amazing gift of the forgiveness of God. And if you haven't received his forgiveness today, you find yourself here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you need to know how ready and available his free gift of forgiveness is to you today. Forgiveness. But if we're going to walk this way of forgiveness, I want to give you a handful of things here really quickly. If we're going to truly walk this way of forgiveness, this way of forgiveness requires that we give some things up. And again, it's not easy. But if we're going to walk this way of forgiveness, we have to give up the pursuit of vengeance. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 19, the Bible says, vengeance is mine says the Lord. It says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Hear me, as we talk about forgiveness, some of us here today, your issue is not forgiving someone else in your life, your issue is forgiving you. Your issue is receiving the forgiveness of God towards you. And one of the things that you and I have to understand today is vengeance is not ours. If we're going to walk this way of forgiveness, his way, we're going to follow him, we have to give up the pursuit of vengeance because you and I don't ever know when to stop. Some of you have been beating yourselves up for two decades. That's 10 years, right? Decade is 10? I think so. That's, you just throw out numbers and I'm like, I don't even know what I said. But some of you have been beating yourself up for far too long and you don't know when to stop. God says, I, I'm not, I've quit. I don't even, I don't want you to walk. No, stop. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. I will take care of this. And some of you need to realize the faster that you choose to forgive, the quicker God gets involved to repay them. Vengeance is the Lord. And if we're going to walk this way of forgiveness, we must give up the pursuit of vengeance. The second thing that you and I must give up if we're going to walk this way is the expectation of perfection. When did we believe, and again, hear me, I'm saying this as gently as I possibly can. When did we start believing that people are going to be perfect around us and towards us? When did we start believing that we're going to be perfect towards everybody around us? When did, when did we begin thinking um, that if we're going to follow Jesus, we have to be perfect? When did this start? Because look at what your Bible says, Romans 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It doesn't get any more simple than that. It doesn't get any more clear than that. And again, again, I'm not saying, I'm not justifying anything that they did. I'm just saying that there are some offenses even that you and I are holding on to, and they're simply offenses because we expected them to live up to expectations that just aren't reality. If we're going to walk this way of forgiveness, and, and hear me, do you realize, like, Jesus forgave you and I all while knowing we would still sin against him and yet extended this free gift of forgiveness. The third thing that we have to be willing to give up is we've got to stop delegating responsibility to everyone else. And this, this one's hard. While we were still sinners, the Bible says, Christ died for us. Forgiveness always puts the ball in your and my court first. Forgiveness says the ball's in your hands. Forgiveness says you go first. Throughout the Gospels, you'll see Jesus reference parables and stories that say, hey, if someone comes to you and repents, forgive. You'll also see him like this here in 
Matthew 18, telling Peter whether he repents or not, forgive. In both instances, forgiveness is in our hands. So often, many of us hold on to unforgiveness and hold on to bitterness and have allowed bitterness to root in our life and, and cause despair and defile far too much than it should have, largely because we have continued to delegate responsibility of forgiveness to the other person. And I, I, I just want to, again, submit this so gently. I'm, I'm sorry it happened, but if they never come back and say, I'm sorry, it is still imperative for you that you choose to forgive and step into the healing and the freedom that God has for you. And the fourth thing, if we're gonna walk this way of forgiveness, we've gotta be willing to give up is our record of wrong. A record of wrong. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse four, love is patient, love is kind. It's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It has its own way of living. Flesh has its own way of living. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. Yes, the fullest experience of forgiveness is when somebody recognizes their error and repents to you. But what do you do when someone doesn't recognize any wrong that has been done and so isn't repenting and isn't asking for forgiveness? Do not return evil for evil. Bless. Don't punish. Treat them better than they deserve in view of Jesus treating you and I better than we deserve as well. So what does this way of forgiveness look like? Really quick, it, it looks like forgiving fast. Forgive fast. Again, the forgiveness that you and I need on a daily basis and to live in right standing with God was paid before we ever did anything. It was already there, and his forgiveness is already there and available. I know it hurts. I know they shouldn't have done that. I know it's not okay. And I know that in a lot of cases, there's a lot of like legal issues that have to be done. But I'm saying you choose to start the journey of forgiveness today as fast as you possibly can. Second thing is to forgive fully. Forgive fully. Forgive all the way. We're really good at forgiving part of stuff, you know? But like, I'm gonna hold on to that one just in case I need it later, you know? I'm gonna put that one in the holster just in case, just in case. But forgive fully. Colossians chapter two, verse 13. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all of our sins. He canceled the record of the, change, of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. All of it. Find freedom today in the fact that all of your sins, past, present, and that which you will do later on today, have already been paid for. The forgiveness is already there. He forgives fully. And his request towards us is to follow him on this way of forgiveness and forgive fully as well. It looks like forgiving frequently. This is what Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is telling us in the prayer is that daily you're going to have to forgive. There will not be a day that goes by where forgiveness is unnecessary. 
There will not be a day that goes by where forgiveness isn't required. There will not be a day that goes by where forgiveness is not imperative for you to walk in. And Jesus models this right off the bat and he says, but I need you every single day. Father, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive me, forgive, forgive me of my debts as I forgive those, as I forgive my debtors, as I forgive those who have trespassed against me. What is Jesus showing us? It's that frequently you will have to forgive. And what he's telling Peter, Matthew 18, is as often as you need to forgive, as often as you must, as often as possible, forgive. And the last thing is this, forgive freely. Romans chapter three, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All are justified freely by his grace, not ours, not ours. You said today, it is the grace of the Holy Spirit, the strength that he gives that even allows you to walk this way, but is an invitation to you and I nonetheless. Will you please walk this way? Forgive freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. This is the way that leads to life, to freedom, and to Him. The invitation for you and I today is to walk this way, the way of forgiveness. It's what the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter four is encouraging all of us. No matter how long you journey with God, please don't ever oversimplify this. Please don't act like this. Please do not begin to be kind. Be compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And look at this, it's the only one he qualifies here in 432. For just as in Christ, God has forgiven you and me. When I forgive, I'm choosing to walk with him his way. Just because you can maybe justify why you should never doesn't mean that you should. It doesn't mean that you let them back into your life. Hear me. It doesn't mean you get over it. It doesn't mean it's okay. And it does not mean trust them or fellowship with them again, okay? It means that I'm choosing to fix my eyes on Jesus, as Hebrews 12 tells me, choosing his way over my way, the way of forgiveness that leads to healing, to freedom, and to life. It's not easy, but thank God he promises to strengthen and walk with me. Forgiveness is a choice to obey, to follow, and to align with the heart of the Father. Choose today, this way, the way of forgiveness. Would you stand with me?